It's time to make the dough rise, the financial podcast with Brian Doe. Welcome to another episode of Make the Dough Rise. I'm your host, Brian Doe. Missing today is the sweet baritone voice of Walter Storholtz, but fear not, he will be back. I'm going to attempt to carry the show today, and with me is a special guest, Rizelle Baker, and we are going to be talking about a little R&R. And no, that's not rest and relaxation. These are two vital topics for retirees, retirement and real estate. Now, retirement, obviously you understand why that's a big deal. And at retirement comes another equally big decision, and that is what to do with the real estate, home purchase, where you're going to live. And for many, this is often an opportunity for the first time to live where you want permanently. The company is no longer dictating where you live. Technology is freeing a lot of people up to do some interesting and innovative choices, maybe even early in retirement. And it's an opportunity to try something new. So I've brought uh, Roselle Baker, who is a 20-year Lake Oconee real estate veteran, and she is co-owner and founder of the Luxury Lake Oconee Real Estate Group. And we're going to talk about some of the things impacting retirees and real estate. And we've got a, uh, like I said, a veteran expert here to help shed some light on that. Welcome, Roselle. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Now, you grew up in the Philippines. Right. I grew up in the cornfields of Minnesota and Nebraska, yet we've both ended up here in this central Georgia paradise. Right. How does that happen? You know, after college, um, I actually have a hotel and restaurant management degree, and I started interning for a big um, hotel corporation back in Manila, Mm. which is the capital of the Philippines. Mm And, uh, you know, been with them for years and they offered me a job in, in the U.S. as, uh, as an intern and eventually moved me to Atlanta in 1995. Never thought I would end up in a little town called Greensboro, Georgia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we moved here in 97 and I have no regrets. Um, it's really fun to see the whole community and the whole area evolve. And you know, what's really nice is people I've worked with over the past 20 years, I've helped people um, find a house here or find a home here. And, you know, I've worked with a lot of couples who retired Mm -hmm. here and they move here not knowing anybody. Right. And so I always say, don't worry about what you're going to do when you move here. Okay. Mm -hmm. I said, you know, Pretty soon, I mean, after maybe a couple of months, you're going to look at me and you're going to say, you know what, now I have to choose and pick because there's, you know, yes. I, I got invited to so-and-so's house. We're having dinner with this couple. We're mm-hmm. playing the, you know, Valentine's golf tournament, couples tournament. So yep, yep. there's tons to do. Well, I, I always laugh because when my parents moved into the Del Webb community uh, down the street, right. they had been our full-time babysitters. You know, oh, I, had, I had three. Cool. I had three babies. And my sister had. You know, she's got three as well. So yeah. we we relied on them heavily for for babysitting. They moved into Del Webb, and all of a sudden they were headed off to trips to Jekyll, and they had schedules with bridge and poker and bunco and the, this and that going on. And uh, you well, can't get them to babysit. I couldn't anymore. get them to babysit. Right. <laughs> yes. was, yeah, and it happens. And interestingly. I have met and and work with so many families that their the parents retire and move here, mm-hmm. and the 
children follow, you right. know, from Atlanta or from somewhere. And uh, uh, which is why I think it's a great community. It's a community, you know, for all ages because there is a lot of families here that the parents move and then the family, uh, the, the kids and the grandkids yeah. are here. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. So, so from your perspective, who's coming here? Mm-hmm. From where, what kind of background, age, and why are they ultimately deciding to come here? You've got the retirees who mm. are moving here. Um, why are they moving here for the lifestyle, for mm. the weather? You know, you you also have, we've had a group of not just the 70s and up retirees, but, um, you know, lately I've seen a lot of the young retirees mm-hmm. um, that are moving here. Um, retiring early. Retiring early. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. Kids are gone mm-hmm. out of the house and they're retiring early because, you know, they want to enjoy life and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, enjoy golf or whatever activity that, mm-hmm. you know, they can get involved in. And again, the community offers so much. And mm-hmm. so you've got the young retirees and then you also have the young families that right. are, who are moving here. And as, as you and I, um, discussed, um, we have a lot of parents that move here and then they hope that their kids move here. And yes, eventually mm-hmm. the kids and the grandkids move here like yourself. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's, it, again, it's been fun to watch the community evolve. Mm-hmm. I remember in 1997, when we first moved here, the only grocery store not even a grocery store, a convenience store where you got everything from your meat to your tackle to your um, <laughs> bait is Jerry's Bait and Tackle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's where everybody went, right. you know? And they also have like a little restaurant inside there. So basically you can have lunch there while grocery you shop, get your meat and get... Get some crickets get for the uh, crickets. crappie fishing. And yeah, it's, it's perfect. It's true, it is, it is. It sounds like a Ron White joke, but it's, yeah. it was true. It was very true. <laughs> yes. It served the purpose. So let's say someone is interested in coming to the area and they want to work with a real estate professional and they they go online now. Of course, you, you've got all these abilities to find information online and what. And I heard a statistic or a number that there's something like 495 Licensed realtors in Greensboro. Yes. But what's going on there? Surely we can't handle 500. So I've been involved with the board of realtors. And I think that, you know, that that number grew the past maybe three years from about 300 to 500. Obviously, the market is thriving here. Mm -hmm. And and that's what's driving all these realtors. A lot of those realtors might not be local. You know, Mm -hmm. there might be some realtors in Atlanta or in Athens that are um, applying in the board so that they could sell property here. But, you know, uh, there is an adage, only 10% of the realtors usually produce or sell. And I think that I've seen that. I I would say that's true, you know, in this area, um, having sold real estate here for over 20 years. Mm -hmm. So, is it a lot of people retiring here and thinking they're going to pick up a second career in real estate? And so they, yes, they get their license and <laughs> they may or may not ever sell any properties. Right. So I think there are two kinds of realtor, the, a part-time realtor and a full-time realtor, mm-hmm. you know, and of course, uh, it is, it, it is something that, I mean, you can sell one property a year or you can produce, you can be a high volume producer, mm-hmm. um, so you've got that option, but there are some people that retire and they get a license. So, and so, but if you pull up the database and there's 500 to choose from, 
how do you go about picking a good realtor in, in the Greensboro area then? Well, and you you said it right. Um, technology really has changed um, the industry because now you can pull up any information online, mm-hmm. okay? And, um, you know, how do you find the best realtor? I think that if you Google, I mean, you find the best realtor and, and kind of try to uh, learn about a realtor and their experience, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I always say, especially in this market, it's such a niche market. And what right. I mean by that is, you know, it's very different from um, real estate in, let's just say, a metropolitan, you know, area or a city, right? Mm-hmm. Where you can easily evaluate the properties or the price of the properties. Um, mm-hmm. Here, the big difference is you can have a house across the street that is 200% more, mm-hmm. right? So, because, and I'll give you an example, we have an area in at Reynolds that is called Marina Cove. Mm-hmm. Um, so every time I show properties, there are houses there. This house could be priced at 350000 across the street, goes up to 650000 hmm. And the reason why is because the house across the street is on the water. Right. So... A huge premium for yes. just one little yeah. uh, feature or addition. And there's a lot of components, you know, that kind of that that you need to consider when you're buying here there's memberships there's different mm-hmm. communities and you know the amenities that you want so i think that if you are definitely going to work with a realtor in this area then you the experience is very important mm-hmm. when we talk about uh people moving to the area you said a lot of people coming from up north a lot of people maybe getting escaping atlanta mm-hmm. and, and coming down this direction but great weather Great community and and lots of choices, but one of the more compelling things I see from the financial side is we've got very reasonable taxes, right? And you probably get a lot more purchasing power you know, if you're coming from a from a metropolitan area, or if mm-hmm. you're coming from California or New York, Connecticut, some of those those higher priced real estate markets. Do people get here and are kind of shocked at how far a dollar yes. will go? Yes. You get, obviously, you can get a, a big house for probably half or, you know, a quarter of what you will pay if you are in California or those places. Mm-hmm. Plus, another thing that people love is the fact that, you know, you get a lot of land. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, you can get an acre, two acre property for I wouldn't say nothing, but I mean, you couldn't get well, it's that. It's a big range again. Right. It's, it's going to depend on whether you're interior or lake yes, frontage. Absolutely. But, uh, you definitely get a lot for your money, you mm-hmm. know, in terms of houses, in terms of properties. Here. Did you think that's driving people's decision to come here or taxes factoring into that or both. is that just incidental? No, it's both. I mean, um, what you get for your money as well as the, the low property tax. Mm-hmm. So um, those are two of the driving forces. Well, um, I, I think the uh, cost of living goes down too because I know it did for us because we don't have a Target and a Costco <laughs> right in the right. neighborhood, although we mm. we wear out Amazon Prime now, yes. which makes this even more livable because two days you can go on and request everything. I think we're all on a first name basis here with yeah. our with our UPS and FedEx drivers. That's right. Well, and you know, you really appreciate going to Atlanta because Atlanta mm-hmm. is not that far, right? right? I mean, you can get from here to Buckhead without traffic in about an hour and what, 20 minutes or an hour, less yeah, than an hour and a half. Yeah, I think an hour and, and, and 15 yeah? minutes was... And I go myself and you go there and you spend a day, you shop, 
and mm-hmm. you go to dinner and then get come your back. taste and then yes. get, get back out. And- yeah. And that's another thing that that's another factor that a deciding factor for a lot of people that move here is the airport in Atlanta because it's a hub. In right. other words, you can get a direct flight mm-hmm. from Atlanta to anywhere. You don't have to connect, you know, unlike other communities, retirement communities that they have smaller airport, you know, Atlanta is a, it's definitely a big, that's yeah, what an hour force. and maybe an hour and a half at the most. I think it's like 88 minutes when, when I timed it without traffic. Right. And and you're at the world's busiest airport. And like you said, you can go, whether it's domestic or international, you've got a, a huge hub with, with access to the, the entire world an hour and a half down the road. And for the retirees, that's a big deal because mm-hmm. your kids can come here anytime, can get a flight right. and, um, and vice versa. You know, they can visit their kids and get a flight out of Atlanta, you mm-hmm. know, anytime because they pretty much have flights going anywhere yeah. direct. So you left Reynolds, what, corporate, corporate type of real estate environment. environment, and now you're nimble, entrepreneurial, uh, and on your own. I see a lot of parallels in real estate to what I've seen in the financial services world. I was with a big brokerage firm, Wall Street uh, brokerage firm in Atlanta in an office with 200 other advisors that we were all, you know, different and unique right? Uh, or pretended to be. And then because of the changes in the industry, because of changes in technology, because of threats and regulation, and I could go on and on, the ability to leave the big firms and go independent. I have a big reputable custodian with Charles Schwab that holds all the assets. But by making this move, I'm now free to focus more on the relationship and create unique and interesting content and actually help people solve problems outside mm-hmm. of the box of mm-hmm. of the more confined you know, corporate <laughs> environment. <laughs> yes. To try to find the nice way to say right. this. And then also, at the same time, you hear all these threats about robo-advisors and, and computers are basically going to take over my job. And I, I find... None of that to be true at all if you have a good value proposition, if you have good relationships with people. I I have not uh, noticed that anybody's leaving me for the Internet and trying to do it themselves because there is so much information. There is so much complexity. There, There are all these little local niche things that you need to know. And so does your newfound freedom allow you to do more? Absolutely. Yes. Like what you said, I mean, it it allows you to think outside a box, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't limit you. And it had a lot to do with technology and the change. And just like it is very parallel because, you know, people talk about, oh, our realtor is going to be obsolete with, mm-hmm. you know, Zillow and realtor.com and Redfin. Well, that's not, not really exactly, true. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Because the real buyers... The savvy buyers are going to, you know, get an experienced realtor to help Mm -hmm. them with one of the biggest financial decisions that they're going to make. I mean, just like they will get a financial advisor and just like they will get, you know, they will work with a a car salesperson when they're buying a car, Mm -hmm. right? So. I think that the, all let's, these... Let's not put ourselves in that category. No, 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 no. no. But I'm just saying, you know, I mean, you I'm can't... Joking. I'm joking. You don't... But uh, so 
a lot of these technologies, Zillow uh, is very helpful. I mean, there are great platforms. That's um, got to speed the you, know, you the can process. send somebody the, a link and they can look very quickly and see if that house sort of checks some boxes or not. That's got to be an efficiency enhancer at some point. But Absolutely. It doesn't take you all the way. No. And what I've done is I've actually um, learned to use all that technology platform so that I can serve my clients more efficiently mm-hmm. and effectively, which I'm sure, you know, in your case is the same way. But you're right. I mean, it's changed the real estate industry. Uh, you know, I was telling somebody the other day, I said, look, nowadays you can look at the houses in your pajamas, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you can wake up in the morning, get on your computer, There's get your online. Inbox. There's yeah, your ten yeah. recommended homes There for you go. You, you can right. do virtual tours. You could mm-hmm. tour a home. And so... Are we going to have uh, VR goggles and we're all just going to be able to yeah, check them out from... Do you know that that actually, I think that came out years and years ago. And I'm surprised that I know there are maybe still companies that are, you know, doing mm. using that, but I don't it know. It hasn't really caught on. No. Yeah. Yeah. I remember, but yeah, it's just... Well, we'll see what the next 10 years has to bring. Right. <laughs> so um, buy or build. What's your... Are you seeing any general trends there? Do do people have a preference when when they're building their dream home? Do they want to build? Do they want to come in and buy ready? And are people doing things when they build that maybe we could glean some lessons from for others out there that want to to build? You know, so, what, what, what do people do right? What do they do wrong? Right. What do they wish they had done different? Are they incorporating technologies so that they can remain at home longer? What, what are the trends you see in, in building and the trend that I'm seeing, I mean, first of all, for there's a lot of retirees that are coming here and, and they're looking at the properties. They are looking at houses where they can see themselves probably in the next, you know, 10 years. Mm-hmm. Elevators right. have become big. You know, mm-hmm. if if you've got a couple looking for a house, you know, they is there an elevator? Mm-hmm. I mean, it depends on the square footage, obviously. Ranch style houses. Mm-hmm. Um, increasingly popular. Yeah, increasingly popular. Yeah. You know, I mean, the all one level. All... So to buy or to build, that kind of goes to your question. Is it depends on what you're looking for. You mm-hmm. know, if you're looking for a ranch style house, there aren't a lot of ranch style homes around that are newer, mm-hmm. right? Which mm-hmm. I think that there's a lot of building companies now that are building spec houses. Right. Um, Ranch style spec houses or Mm -hmm. ranch style spec houses. Mm -hmm. But another factor that affects the decision whether to buy or to build is, you know, in our community right now, it's, it's really thriving. The building business is there's, I think there's like 150 houses last year, just in Reynolds in the community that Mm -hmm. were under construction. So of course that really is driving the, the building cost. Right. Mm -hmm. So I've seen over the past two years, I've sold so many resale houses because, you know, people are coming and they're saying, okay, well, I can buy this house that's already mm-hmm. built. Yes, it's going to cost me X, you know, to renovate it. Mm-hmm. But if I build this from scratch, it's going to cost me a lot more. So right. I guess it all depends on their situation. And that, that, that's a phenomenon of the fact that we're in somewhat of a building boom. Yes, <clears throat> Boom economy, everything's yes, going very well. Boom economy is going so very well. Stock market's up. Everybody feels yes. richer. Yes, yeah. which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. That's a very good thing. It's a lot. So uh, if you go back to the financial crisis. Yes. Did people 
learn any lessons? Did they have they changed their buying habits? Are they adjusting what they're getting themselves into? Did the financial crisis have any impact on your buyers? Did, Absolutely. Did- so before the financial crisis, I worked with a lot of retirees or couples who are moving here, and they're you know buying or building houses that are. 8,000, 7,000, 8,000 square feet, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So now that's changed. Now a lot of the retirees I'm see, that I'm helping are looking for smaller houses, yep. you know, more manageable, mm-hmm. 3,000 square feet. Again, if you have a ranch, that's even a, that's a plus. Yep. So that, I think, is the major, the change. They sobered up a little bit. Yes, from- yeah, because I, I noticed that there's a lot of homes where there's these, these gigantic homes and people appear to live in about 20% of them. Right. And from my perspective, one of the things that I see happen when people retire, they'll pick a retirement location and or build a house based on, oh, the kids are going to always come and visit. And they get moved, they get situated, and they put in all this extra space and they find out, it's a little harder for the kids to get here than they thought, and they don't come as often as they would like them to. Right. So um, that's what I always hear when when I have a house that I list for sale. That's a bigger house. Usually, that's the reason. You know, they're trying to downsize, mm-hmm. or a younger family who's here that's that needs more space. So you know, people always ask me. So why do people? Why do they sell their house? Why are they selling? Why do people mm-hmm. sell their house around here? It's uh, those are. Three reasons is they want to downsize, they mm-hmm. want a bigger house, mm-hmm. or they want to move somewhere to be closer to grandkids or, you know, family. But, right. I mean, the third reason, you know, that's not always the case because mm-hmm. of the fact that this community is or area is accessible, you know, because yep. of the Atlanta airport. So, mm-hmm. fam- and families like to visit because of all the amenities. Yeah. Yeah, you've got the the Lake Club, the Ritz right. Carlton, the, the the lake, obviously to get out on. And you know, that's one reason, one major reason that retirees move here, is because of the amenities. Because they want a place where their kids can visit and mm-hmm. their grandkids can visit, and you know, their grandkids can stay for an extended period of time. Yeah, it's ideal for that. Yeah, it really is. So you and I have both been at our current professions for 20 years. Right. I, I, I started at uh, Merrill Lynch in April of 2000 and watched the dot-com bubble bust. I watched the recovery. I watched the credit crisis unfold. And I've helped navigate clients' income plans through all these up and down markets. So I feel like I've I've learned a lot by watching those incidents. And, and, and you learn to cycles. be resilient, right? You learn to be resilient and you learn how to put together, you know, a, a portfolio or an income plan that can ride through uh, right. some negative times. There's got to be some parallels in the real estate world. Yes. Yeah, so I've been doing it for over 20 years and I've been through, you know, the good times mm-hmm. when buyers are actually paying more than asking price for houses and properties. Mm -hmm. And then obviously during the downturn. So when I mentioned previously, I mean, you learn a lot and you learn to be resilient and it's experience, you know, Mm -hmm. which I, which is why I think that when you're buying similarly to your market and in my market experiences is important. And, you know, people always ask me, so why is that important? Because, you know, in my industry and experience agent, 
understands the complexities of the changing market. Mm-hmm. You know, they know the valuations of the property. It really helps that uh, I've been doing this for 20 years. Some of the houses and properties I've sold twice or three times. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's uh, when you're helping somebody navigate through the buying process, that's mm-hmm. very important because you know exactly what somebody paid for, you know, this mm-hmm. year and what it sold for this year. And right. um, so it's it's experience is very important. Mm-hmm. So if you were to go take a look at, you know, in your 20 years of experience, if you had a do-over button, what things do you think people would do different or do change or not do if they had a do-over on their build or buy? They would build a smaller house mm-hmm. or they would build a bigger house. <laughs> it's going to be so, one, one yes, way or the other. Yeah, huh? one way or the other. Right. Right. They so, never get it just right. Yep. Or... You know, it, it also once they experience a the lifestyle, if they're not, if they become lake people or they love being out on the water, mm-hmm. right? So they wish that they would have purchased a house on the water mm-hmm. versus house on a golf course. Yep, yeah. gone ahead and made the made the stretch to right to get the extra amenities. Yes, yeah. but you know, a lot of times when they move here, I mean, they they don't know anything about the community, and once they experience a quality of life, mm-hmm. you know, and they 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 love it here, then that's another reason why people sell their houses. You know, either they were in a golf course and now they want to move to the lake, right? Or they're on the lake and they're not boating as much, and they mm-hmm. want to move to a golf course or or an interior property. Okay, now I have a very serious question here. With all the golf courses, with all these beautifully manicured properties and everything just looks spectacular driving in, there's an underlying dark side problem to this, and that's leaf blowers. <laughs> what are we doing to combat the incessant howl of the, of the leaf blower in the, the Lake Oconee area? What are we doing? Yeah. Is anybody addressing these serious problems? Because I, I love sitting on my porch and, and and what i'm getting at here is in del webb right the crew comes through once a week or you know every other week and they do the whole neighborhood at one time right i'm envious of that because all of my neighbors seem to have a different schedule for their for the yard, yard people right and then there are a few retirees who think the leaf blower is just a an entertainment a toy, toy. <laughs> and they'll go out and, and, and blow the same thing, you know, for two hours on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah. So, so they see like a few leaves right there in the driveway. They get it out and they. <laughs> yeah. Just vroom, vroom, vroom. It's, it's so anyway, that's my little pet peeve. I'm, I'm starting a campaign to uh, snuff out leaf blowers or I'm hoping Elon Musk comes through on his silent leaf blower. I think that's a perhaps technology. you can uh, perhaps you can suggest that that everybody be on a schedule. That would be right. Yeah, and it will be. And it will be after you. After you wake up. (laughs) After you wake up, and do you think we can get everybody to agree? Uh, I doubt that. (laughs) (laughs) But you can try. Yeah. Anyway, I'm. I'm just joking about that. Uh, Last thing that I can think of that is glaringly missing is obviously the podcast is make the dough rise, and I'm uh, working with dough. The last name's dough, and then we always talk about pizza at some point in the podcast. Yes. You have yet to have my pizza. And your what famous we, pizza. And what are we going to do to remedy that? 
Let's uh, pick a date and schedule it. Like I've heard about this pizza mm-hmm. from the rest of the Lake Oconee community, yeah. it seems like. And uh, I have yet to try your pizza. So we've both been negligent. You need an invite, and uh, we just need to pick a date and make it happen. Let's do it. All right. That'd be great. Well, Rizal, thanks for coming on the podcast today. I think we've learned a lot about Lake Oconee, uh, real estate uh, for retirees and people transitioning into retirement. This has been fantastic, and uh, maybe we could do it again one day. Yes. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. Investment advisory services offered through Main Street Financial Solutions, LLC. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information is obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accurateness and completeness cannot be guaranteed.